Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Business Stuff Podcast. I'm here again with Jack from the Accelerator team. Back again, yeah, you've let back. me back. Yeah, and this week, after a week off, we sent him away, made him worry that he wasn't coming back on, but he's back. <laughs> yeah. He's fought his way back onto the team. Um, we're talking this week about fraud. Um, so an important topic for a lot of businesses. Most businesses have money involved somewhere, Jack. They're, they're selling stuff for money, usually. Yes, they um, are. <laughs> so... It, 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 and, and fraud can be something that can basically bring down a business, can't it? Yeah, and it's, it's been interesting over the past few weeks how I've had a couple of clients come to me with, with instances of fraud. Uh, so it's very much rife at the moment, and you're right, it can be, it can be completely de- debilitating. It's easy for you to say. <laughs> easy the, for me to say, yeah. The classic, <laughs> classic joke there from Ronnie. Um, so it, it's, it's probably important then, Jack, to start with, most people think, oh, it'll never happen to me. It'll mm-hmm. never happen. I'm fine. Never mind. But often it can be the person closest to you or it can be some, the least person you'd expect. But, but, but before we get into that, what's, what's the main types of fraud then? What, what, what are the things that people well, yeah, fall you, you've kind of touched on it there in, in the sense that the, there are lots of ways that fraud can get into the business and the, kind of can split it up into kind of external methods of fraud and, and, and internal where people within the business, as you said, can, can actually rob you potentially. Yeah. But if we kind of look at the external kind of side of the external stuff to start off with, you know, the, the, these are the kind of standard terminology you might see in the financial times or hear it on, you know, um, news outlets and stuff, you know, you've got like pyramid schemes and um, not to be confused with multi-level marketing. For, for legal reasons, obviously, we don't want we don't want to get the lawyers involved. Yes, yeah, yeah, so yeah, then we're going yeah. to get sued. But there is, there is a difference as well. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, there's, there's some footy two fifty companies are basically multi level marketing. Mm-hmm. Not pyramid scheme is a totally different thing. It's it's there there is no product, no service. Often it's just the way yeah. to steal money, isn't it? Yeah, um, often glossed up as a thing. But so you got pyramid Ponzi, did you say Ponzi schemes as yeah. well? Yeah. So I, I, I don't know if you've been watching the uh, the Tinder swindler recently on no, Netflix. No, it's on my list. But uh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. So I've been watching it. Yeah, and that's a classic Ponzi scheme where a, a guy's on Tinder is grooming various women to pay for his lifestyle, and then he's using their money to fund. So victim number one pays for the next yeah. one almost. Is that the and way? Then, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. just a cycle. And yeah, so that, that happens a lot in businesses and that was a big part of the yeah, financial. So this was um, Jordan... Belford. Belford, Wolf, Wall Street, wasn't Wolf there? Wall that, Street, that, yeah. There was like massive multi-billion dollar... Bernie Mold. Yeah. Madoff. Madoff. Bernie Madoff was one, yeah. 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 Okay, and so we've got Pyramid Ponzi. Uh, another classic one which probably May is more familiar with... Uh, you know, smaller businesses is phishing, where you'll get a speculative email from uh, a, a director of, of the business who says, oh, can you pay this supplier urgently £4,000? And then you, that's what you do straight away. It, you get a legit kind of email thinking, oh, well, it must be from them. Uh, and that's normally linked to IT, isn't it? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's normally not from that person, but yeah. looks like it, or mm-hmm. often can be from that person if you've been hacked, if your yeah. IT's you know, being infiltrated, then yeah. it will look like an actual instruction. So, okay then, what else have we got then? And then another one, which is kind of a, quite a wide topic, is kind of in, impersonation, where, similar to phishing, but you've, you've heard examples before of people being tricked into transferring all of their money into a secure bank account by their bank, because they've been told that their account's been compromised. Um, and very much, you, I think you had an experience yourself, uh, was it, was it last week or this week? 
where uh, someone's <laughs> pretending pretending to be yourself. People, people would, would like to be me all the time yeah, yeah people pretend to me yeah mm-hmm. but no it happens yeah i mean we, we we regularly get emails internally that look to be from someone else in the organization mm-hmm. so one of our tax team today has forwarded something off to it yeah where it looks like actually with the payroll department have received an instruction from the tax team asking them to change where their pay goes classic mm-hmm. you know so luckily we like to keep an eye on these things, but that could easily have gone, and yeah. you know someone could have not got paid at the end of the month. And someone, and these can be really sophisticated. Some of them are, you know, quite quite crude, and it's clear if you if you even just look at the email address, it's quite obviously suspicious at, at the very least. Because yeah. some of them, are, you know, are very, are very well kind of drafted, and there may be a slight change in the email address. The way that it's kind of been worded might be very convincing. So some yeah. people just look at it and go, "That seems legit." Yeah. Um, but also you've got to remember that people they're impersonating aren't always themselves sending sophisticated smart emails with yeah. you know well structured sentences yes yeah, so I'm familiar people, with some of, the, some of the emails you send me <laughs> a lot of people don't actually have you know proper structure to what they do so just get an mm-hmm. email saying send the money over to this account great tile yeah. you know, that could be how a lot of people speak which is presumably works for them so yeah. they well, keep that's why they get the, get the success yeah because they wouldn't do it if it wasn't getting success, would it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, then, so what else? So, I mean, that's kind of the main kind of external ones. Yeah. yeah. But if we if we turn our attention onto the internal side of things... Because most people think, well, we're sorted there. The yeah. inside job, though, that's the one. That's yeah. the exciting one, isn't it? That's oh, the... definitely. And it's... With technology, things have progressed beyond the point where fraudulent transactions aren't just somebody coming in and nicking some money out of the petty cash or... Uh, it's not physical theft mm-hmm. in the same way now, yeah. is it? Although I suppose it could be, but we're not talking yeah. about that today. Are we? Yeah. Well, yeah, the, 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 that will probably be get covered as well, you know, in terms of how you can prevent it. And those are probably a little bit more straightforward because it's just the sense of making sure that those kind of assets are secured. But yeah, with technology becoming more sophisticated, it's very much the case of there are new and better ways of committing fraud. Well, better is probably not the right word to be said. Sounds like I'm advocating it. Later work. <laughs> late, 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 yeah. 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 You don't so, have to physically do it. Yeah, Yeah. so it can be as simple as just um, going onto an accounting system, changing some bank details of, of a supplier to the person who's changed it, and that can get away with it. People are running big fax runs at the end of the month or you know during their usual accounts payable routine, and they're not going to notice that a... And this sounds crazy, doesn't it? But we, we, we do see clients and we help clients identify this type of thing where if, you, if you've got 400 employees on a payroll across 20 sites across the country, the payroll clock probably won't know everybody. It's mm-hmm. different to just a small little, you know, tidy little business, but you've got multitudes of people all over the place adding a fake employee on with a dummy bank account. Mm-hmm. without the right controls could be quite easy to do yeah I mean even the, easier just to go on and change oh well we buy loads of stuff from borrows or change the bank account so we don't pay borrows next month yeah and then you hide their chase out the month after and it can go on for months and you see it all the time in the news don't you yeah absolutely I mean you see yeah various accounts accounts team staff living the life of Riley um, off the off the back of some uh, very generous suppliers that they're yeah. getting paid on behalf of or, yeah or, or very lax employers well, yeah, yeah, very yeah. true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the case of setting up fake suppliers, yeah, fake fake employees. I mean, I think a lot of payroll software now has become a bit more sophisticated where it's a lot harder to create fake employees, but it's not impossible, especially, again, if the controls that you're operating in are not lax and they're, yeah. 
the, the payrolls calculated on the back of a fag packet, basically. And that, in which case, yeah. it's yeah, you can create as many employees. Because if you've got a proper recruitment policy, you should be doing things like the right to work anyway, checking people's IDs, mm-hmm. checking their actual identity. You should be doing that when you take someone on anyway. Yeah. If you're not doing that, you're just leaving yourself more open to to you know losing money somewhere, aren't you? Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I suppose other ways of getting around it are just kind of padding out your expenses, stuff like that. And there's no again, if there's no robust systems in place, it's like, oh, can you just pay me this for because I did a load of miles the other day to some client. Yeah. And be like, all right, fine. Yeah. And if you're not looking at those expense claims, then you're mm-hmm. almost inviting it, aren't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we, 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 I'm not sure there were clients, but an example I recall from maybe 25 years ago now was a solicitor who, um, as part of legal aid, would claim mileage to go back and forth to court. What they would actually do is turn up at court in the morning and go home at night. Mm-hmm. But because they saw someone like six or eight or however many, let's say, clients, but, you know, criminals or whatever, whoever it was they were seeing, they would actually, they would, they would log their claim to the legal aid board as, as you know, eight round trips. Mm-hmm. They actually only did one round trip. And you might think, oh, a couple of quid, but it's a couple of quid eight times a day mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. It adds up, these things snowball. And they're often very hard to find, the very little bits, but if you look at the wider mm-hmm. pattern, they had one person claiming eight times the mileage of the person doing the same job it should have stood out a mile really mm-hmm. and i suppose that's the thing we need to really consider is that when you see the headlines about these big internal frauds it's person got away with half a million quid a it's not someone walking out yeah. with like six duffel bags of money is it it's, <laughs> yeah it's, it's not a one-off transaction they've done and it's it's the case that they've been doing it for a number of years yeah and yeah it's so easy to get away with if, if you're not actually keeping an eye on it so so, so a lot of people out there may be thinking, well, look, you know, there's only me in the business. So if I'm getting robbed from, it's because I fell victim to external fraud. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of people who then think, well, how do I make sure my money isn't with a business that doesn't have the right controls? And this is why people like solicitors and estate agents and anyone who handles people's money have got external auditors who make sure that they're doing mm-hmm. things right, don't they? Yeah, they're... But- we deal with obviously solicitors and we deal with insurance brokers uh, and yeah they all have some kind of obligation if they're holding client money to to show that they look after it and they keep it separate so that they're not so if they go bust they don't lose your money for the house you are going to buy yeah yeah they've got some pretty robust rules in place to stop you from basically going oh you've just given us 20 grand and then just going brilliant well I'm just going to go and buy myself. Or we're just going to go on holiday now. Is that buy like? literally anything? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then when it comes, if it's for a conveyancing, for example, they go, "Well, where's that twenty grand deposit I get?" Well, where, where's the deposit? <laughs> well, well, this is where you get into Ponzi, isn't it? Because the mm-hmm. next deposit that comes in buys your house. Yeah, absolutely. And they manage to, you know, you kick these things down the lane quite a lot if, mm-hmm. when you have no scruples. Yeah. Um, what else have we got then, Jack, on the internal stuff? Because we talked about people padding expenses, false suppliers, false employees. Is there? There's, I don't think there's. I'm sure there are lots of other examples of it, but in terms of just general embezzlement, and I suppose that we're probably speaking to a lot of business owners here who may be quite lax with, you know, what is considered a business expense, in terms of oh, you might have a couple of tickets to the football where you take your son or your wife or your daughter, and you, you go and what they go and watch that every weekend, but it goes through the business because that's a business expense. Yeah. Technically, it's that's embezzlement, and that sounds like a big nasty word. 
It's, it, it's, it's interesting there as well because you might say, well, who cares if it's only my money that I'm losing? Mm-hmm. But it's not because often, cause if you've got a limited company as well and, and the company gets into trouble, it, insolvency practitioners look and say, well, what did the company do with its money? Did it mm-hmm. use its money properly? And if it didn't, we're going to come to the directors for anything that shouldn't have yeah. been lost. Yeah. So, so actually, it's not just, well my own stupidity if I lose my own money who cares it's it's not as simple as that is it yeah if you need HMRC or a pocket or a supplier because you couldn't handle your basic money functions Mm -hmm. then you'll be asked to repay those debts even if the company goes down won't you yeah and I suppose another thing to to think about as well and uh, this this person will remain nameless but they were trying to sell their business and they weren't particularly happy because they were agreeing on a multiplier of profit but then they came back and said well actually you if we're looking at the accounts that they're basing it on, I've actually put £30,000 worth of costs in there in relation to my house which renovation. Shouldn't, shouldn't be in which there. shouldn't be yeah. in there. So yeah. it's like you basically admitted that you've embezzled £40,000 worth yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And unfortunately, you can't have your cake and eat it too. <laughs> there is no cake there. So we, yeah. Yeah, we don't condone anything there. We, 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 yeah. No, but you can't even have, yeah, the, yeah. get the tax relief of these additional dubious expenses and then also want... To have an increase, also want to sell the profit that you didn't yeah. show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of that in the self-employed income support scheme payments. Yes, the forms were absolutely full of self-employed people saying, "Well, I've only got you know, eight hundred quid." Oh, well, hold on then, mm-hmm. eight hundred quid is eighty percent of a quarter's income. That means you only declared four grand of profit last year. <laughs> but if you only make four grand, eight hundred quid's not bad for a quarter, you know. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of people who were like flushed out and they realised that maybe they shouldn't have been hiding all their profit. But yeah. we're slightly off topic there because that's the business owner commitment flow. <laughs> if, if, if you're in business then, how do you prevent these things from happening? So there's, yeah, there's a few few areas to consider. First of all, and we've, we've touched on this quite a bit already, is uh, the controls. So again, if, if you're a one-man band and you're, the, you're less susceptible to have internal fraud where the controls are important and that's just a case if you just need to be mindful about because you would only pay your own stuff that yeah. you know you ordered exactly and you would have met the employee who works for you it's less likely to happen in a very small environment yeah but when you're expanding the team out and you may have an admin function of some sort then it's really important to have these controls in place so it's talking about kind of separation of duty and you know this is as simple as having one or at least having two separate people doing bits of jobs. So like opening the post where there may be some checks in there, for example, and someone who does the banking to make sure that any anything that anything that gets opened in the post, make sure it gets into the bank account eventually. Yeah, because if, if you've got one person who makes all your payments, ma- maintains your bank account, sends all your invoices, do all, all of these mm-hmm. things, it's easy for them to hide the chasers yeah. for the bill they didn't pay because they've diverted the payment. Yeah. So it's harder to hide something like that without you, need, you then need the, 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 the original criminal and the, an accomplice. Yeah. But that doesn't tend to happen. These are normally sole operators, aren't they, where this happens? Yeah, when they've got the freedom. Because they've been allowed to get away with it because of the freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just having those, those kind of systems in place. I mean, even if, you, even if you've just got a bookkeeper and they're doing back runs, making sure that you're approving them and just going through them, going, are these genuine? Yeah. Um, Another thing is obviously having a really robust kind of authorization procedure in place. We've talked about phishing and that's generally how stuff gets through the gaps when people are lazy and they go, wow, yeah, they obviously meant that. But if you get a suspicious email like that, 
you've got to you've got to get on the phone and just be like I've just had this email. It's it's ten seconds at the end of the day where they yeah. can go yes that was me. Yeah. Or, but you're potentially saving thousands of thousands of pounds. But 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 also so so talking about there about authorization as well. This this is where we talk about then you know purchase order your kind of systems. Mm -hmm. So if I want something, I can't just jump on Amazon and order it and expect someone to pay it. You know, mm -hmm. we we even us we have an internal system where I say, well, I want this. I I ask someone else to order it for me, mm -hmm. and then there's a couple of people in the finance team who make sure that it comes in. We actually get it. Yeah. And we pay for it, and it's it sounds complex, but in a in a in a business more than a couple of people in size, you can build those functions in relatively straightforwardly. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it, it's not arduous. We're not we're not saying there needs to be some kind of complicated kind of map of authorizations. When if there's a certain limit, then it has to go to here. You know. Yeah. I mean, that might be an appropriate yeah, thing in I certain think, businesses. But definitely. Yeah, when, you know. As it gets larger and there's more layers to the management, then that becomes more applicable. But yeah. as a very minimum, if you are, you and a bookkeeper, like, or one member of staff, then it, that seems like really important things to do is to build, yeah. these, build these appropriate structures in, um, you know, as and when they're needed. Um, I suppose the, the other thing as well is um, building in audit trails as well. So if stuff does go wrong, there's an understanding of where, where it went on, wrong. On, yeah, on whose watch was it? Who yeah. was who was involved in? You know, who was in charge of putting in that transaction? Who was in charge of reconciling the bank? Because because everything could go completely right at one end, but then you know, let's just say you've got a large business where they get big deliveries on trucks. The order might have been right; it might have been legitimately placed for a real business need. Mm -hmm. But the guy who takes the stuff off the truck took it off the truck, but put it in his boot. Yes, <laughs> but saying the saying the receipt saying to say well we got that yeah or did he you know it, mm -hmm. so well well it was your job to sign to say we had that oh yeah we well where is it where did he put it yeah you know so again an order trail of just the basic functions of business is just again it's something you need in place isn't mm -hmm. it yeah and there's there's a lot of clients that I've dealt with back in the auditing days where their the software they use they're trying to save money understandably. And that's why they'll only have one license or one log or login for, you know, their accounts package. Oh, that's even better, yeah. So, it's, so you it, can't tell who made the change. Yeah, so it's just, yeah. oh, who, who did that transaction? Oh, admin did. Like, what, well, who's what, admin? Well, what, it could have been them, it could have been them, 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 them. It could have been eight, eight or nine different people. Yeah. Who, who's got access to this? Well, everybody. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I leave it, in, it's in my office. Nobody, just me. The, the, the login is admin and then the password is password. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's like 90% of stuff comes like that, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's, it's actually a post-it note on your computer screen. <laughs> next to it. So I'm pretty sure it's not as secure as yeah. you think it is. So, 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 so we're touching then on IT as well, which I think is an important mm -hmm. part of this, isn't it? Because... I, um, I, I've got a pal who works in IT security at you know relatively high level, and he said the biggest security risk in IT is is what he calls the gooey blob operating the keyboard. The person who wrote the password down is the is mm -hmm. the biggest gap here. But let's just assume you've got good people who want gooey blobs for no. a better way of putting it. Um, then you need the right IT as well, don't you? So you 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 need your spam filters, your you know your, your stuff that'll spot the phishing attempts and all of mm -hmm. those things, don't you? Yeah, you've got to make sure your IT is secure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's down to having a decent bit of hardware um, and and kind of scaling it up with the business. You can't be you can't be employing ten or fifteen people and everyone's got their own laptop. Yeah, yeah. When that's when you need to start thinking about other solutions, more secure, investing in a universal kind of cyber security. 
um, and maybe looking at outsourcing it. And it would be really interesting to know how many businesses breached the GDPR requirements, because when everyone got sent home to work during COVID, they just mm-hmm. went home and then started logging on at home on their own kit, their own devices. Yeah. Um, which won't have had the, the, the proper, you know, virus protection on, won't have had the firewall protection on. Mm-hmm. But it's more staggering, it would have been literally a laptop that was then, you know, used for three hours a day for teaching the kids. And, and uh, this might sound like a privileged position, but you cannot really have a work device that's then just used for yeah. literally anything in the family. Because if it's that open, you, you've got no idea who's done what when, do you? Yeah, exactly, and that's another another factor is kind of the dodgy dodgy browsing. I'm not. I know where your mind's going on this one, so keep it keep it out the gutter. But <laughs> but you know people people like using torrenting sites and, and stuff like that, trying to get that dodgy link for uh, for the boxing or something because you don't want to pay for the. Pay that's for the not where stuff. I was going, but okay, I'm with, <laughs> I, I, I've caught up with you now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we obviously that has implications in terms of where you're going on the internet and if you haven't got the proper security in place the firewalls yeah. as you said then that is ultimately going to be an issue yeah and okay. that means the next time you log on to your business account on that laptop who knows what's going to happen or who's watching yeah so obviously these things normally happen in isolation there's the you know but with the right controls in and everything else you can you, you, you can eliminate a lot of stuff but also you need to operate in a culture where it's just not acceptable to do this as well don't you so mm-hmm. You almost want if there's you know fifteen people in the room next door, which there is, you don't want them to sit and go. Came up with a great idea how to fiddle my expenses. Mm-hmm. You want everyone else to go. No, that's not on. We don't yeah. do that here. We, we we you know we do things properly. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of speaking about things like whistleblowing and you know reporting systems. You need to make sure there is a way that people can raise alarm, raise concern, and be taken mm-hmm. seriously, don't you? Yeah, totally. And a lot of industries, it's it's a legal requirement. You have solicitors again who have to have a money laundering reporting officer, you know, within the you know as part of the firm that that's that's attached to their kind of obligation is to the to the SRA. So they have to do that. Similarly, there there needs to be similar kind of money laundering positions at insurance brokers. Anyone that's holding client money, they have to. But that's that's because they have to. But they're still you're right. There needs to be a culture of where this there needs to be zero tolerance and. That it'd be quite difficult because I can imagine the people that are going to uncover the frauds are generally going to be below the people that may be actually committing them. Commit that, yeah. And at yeah. that point, it becomes a, a bit of a. Am I going to lose my job here if I yeah. spot this? Yeah, who, who do I speak to? And then at, at which point, you need a, a truly independent person within the, within the business to be like, to take these, to take these complaints. Often you can be a, you can create a rod for your own back here as well because let's let's say you've got a simple three person hierarchy here you've got the business owner a senior and a junior whatever role doesn't matter if the business owner is playing loose with their own stuff that mm-hmm. could send a message to the others just to say why well, do what you want who yeah. cares yeah you know um, and I, and and I think often in business everyone just assumes that everyone knows how business works. Mm-hmm. But if you're the junior there, you don't know that the guy it's his money, so he can spend his money or how he wants. Yeah, he may just think, well, we all just work for this business. He's, mm-hmm. you know, taking a boot full of supplies home every night. Well, I'll just do the same. Yeah, it's quite hard. Really. Like you can't say, well, oh, don't don't steal stuff, mind you, but can you put all that stuff in the car for us? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. so you've got to you've got to you've got to you've got to live and breathe by your own 
you kind of you buy what you want other people to do as well, haven't you? Yeah, do as do as I say rather than as I do. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no. yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sure that crops up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I suppose you'd be probably possibly have to take some responsibility for that when yeah. when it happens. Yeah. We, yeah, we always talk about looking in the in the mirror before you look out the window, and yeah. if you're portraying someone who thinks it's okay to take stuff up, yeah, take some materials home at the end of the day. Yeah. You got your conservatory the bill or something like that. Cla- classic one, um, not 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 fraud related, but anyone with kids knows how this goes. Anyone who's been a kid, so everyone knows how this goes. Um, we 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 weren't very happy that our eldest, when he was young, one of his first words was bugger, and we're like, <laughs> oh, you shouldn't say that. He went, but Granny does. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. You know, done. <laughs> people do just follow what 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 they see in front of them or above mm-hmm. them. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, what I mentioned before about this idea, it's 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 not that people are getting away with stuff, it's that the people who control the money are letting them get away with it. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's not that you deserve to be attacked if you're if you if you're showing a weakness, but one thing is for sure, you know, if they, if, if if this was you know, if you if you were walking down a street and you saw twelve houses in the street and eleven had burglar alarms and massive dogs sitting in the windows you would rob the one that had no alarm and no, you know, kind mm-hmm. of no dog in the window, wouldn't yeah. you? So, you know, if your business is the one who doesn't have the bare minimum of basic controls, yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. don't be surprised if someone takes advantage of that. Yeah. Especially in times when, I nearly said, you know, you know, cost of living crisis, I'm conscious how much that's just in every everyone's thing at the moment. But if you're a mean employer who treats everyone like crap, and then also has got wide open, you know, doors like saying, "Well, you know, I'm going to just do whatever I want, but mm-hmm. and I'm going to treat you like crap." You're almost inviting that that to kind of happen, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Sounds a bit like victim blaming. I'm not trying <laughs> to say that. I'm just yeah. And that, this is my accountant head going because it's something that's drilled in when we're always doing our training in terms of when you're in a position where that whistleblowing culture isn't there or that reporting mechanism isn't in place then it's a case of well what do I need to do off my own back here and that's when you need to be start considering well I need to report this to someone independent so that's when we're talking about getting in touch with you know the fraud, action action fraud and yeah. the police and because you don't know where to report it to do you yeah you don't you, you may report it to the very person who's in on it and, mm-hmm. yeah and then nothing's going to happen all you're going to do is find that you've lost your job <laughs> So then, and then there's a, if you're part of it, affiliated with any memberships, like generally we're told with, with ever our accounting body that we're a member of, then we generally report to them and they've got specialists. Yeah. Um, well, well, the, the professions normally have specific yeah. reporting requirements where we, we have to report things. Yeah. We don't have an option. We have mm-hmm. to report or we risk losing our qualifications. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, listen, Jack, that's been great. Um, I hope everyone's enjoyed learned learned something from that um if you need any help again our specialist teams can help you put the controls in place we can also make sure that your basic functions financially are, are, are being looked after um larger businesses and regulated businesses need audits but also any size business can have an audit might be overkill for some but you know if you want someone just to pop in and help you out or someone to carry out a formal audit very happy to do so thank you very much see you next episode